personalities in him than I ever thought. That's true, Billy. Let's call him Sybil. But now we're working into a new episode of the Dead Kids of Derry. We're settling in. We're shooting we know we again. We're, we're transforming. Yes. Transforming into another episode. Silver Bullet. Mm, silver Bullet. Very simple, but I always liked that logo. Yeah. Wow. Justin, your camera does zoom in on you, or am I having like a stroke? It does. That was right, cool. Just like, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's got an oh, auto shit. It's like if I turn a certain way, it's going to be like zoom, and it's just going to be like. Oh, all right. Shit, I thought auto I was fall. going down That's to the wild. count. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Corey Ames, speaking of going down for the count, rest in peace. Names on the screen right now. Mm-hmm. For the yeah. show, we we're talking a little bit about how you know Billy got to meet Corey Ames, which is yeah, I met him. Not just rock and shock, but the uh, after party at the, at the in the green room. You at the party with him? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I had a I had a drink with him, and this was less than six months, unfortunately, before he passed. But no, he was he was nice. He was very, you know, cordial. But you know, he was definitely kind of running around. And, you know, he was hanging in with another guy by the name of Corey, which I thought was interesting. Um, but apparently. Uh, you know, Corey was cool with the brief time that I met him uh, at the convention and post convention. Is it safe to say your narcotics killed Corey? Yeah, no, because they weren't mine. You, Billy keeps them pure, pure in the <laughs> fucking snow. Safe as it can be. <clears throat> oh, Jesus Christ. I've always been a gigantic fan of this one, not just as a Stephen King film, but in, overall as a, you know one of my favorite werewolf movies of all time. I, I'm 100% agree. <laughs> this and the book, I, I love the hell out of it. It is really well made. I never read the book, but I, I've always remembered this movie since the first time I saw it, you know? The book... <laughs> The book, if for for those out there that don't know, the book's called Cycle of the Werewolf. It's a little different, um, as books and movies can be. Um, it go. It's actually a full twelve months. Like every chapter of the book is a month of the year, mm-hmm. and um, it's all of these full moons and poor Marty Kozlov's quest to destroy this werewolf and. Uh, it's interesting. It's a short read. It's a, it's basically a novella. It's like 110 pages long, um, but it's really good. It's really good. Um, really good. Like, this is really good. You say Cycle of the Wolf or Cycle of the Werewolf? Cycle of the Werewolf. Mm-hmm. Cycle of the Werewolf. That is that is the name of the book that this is based on. This is uh, beautifully put together. A lot of the framing is really good in this. It's right, Daniel Adius there. It's surprising. He only did one film. He dipped off in the television, he did a lot of TV, but like only one film. And it's surprising because he can like really tell 
<clears throat> give you a feel and kind of paint a picture with just visuals, which is key to it. This guy looks like Shemp. About to get yeah, killed. he does. Look at that gore. Well, That's a beautiful effect. Well, he looked like Shemp. He's he know now now he looks like a meat popsicle. Well, Shemp, Shemp kid, the stooge. Something about a head just laying there is always effective. Is that trying to get a head? Splat. Oh, <laughs> Too far. Yeah, no, it's a really clever usage there with the framing on that. Because it's like, the head's not even the most... Imp- it's Usually when you do like a decapitation or something, the head's like the focal point of the shot. Yeah. But in that one, it's just like this big wide shot, and it's just like, oh, the head's here. Like, I don't know, I find that even more disturbing than if they were to f- make it like the centerpiece and focus on it. The thing that's weird with makeup, from a makeup effects purpose, if you look at a fake head longer than two seconds, you can tell it's fake. Yeah. So traditionally, a lot of cuts are usually fast and quick. And the fact that the head was just framed the way it was, it, 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 it works in a strange way. And it has no reason to, um, because you're dangling on it, obviously, more than two seconds. But just from framing purposes and, you know, the gore for gore's sake, I mean, you know, they are, they get really smart, you know, when adapting him. But, but then you think of, like, the, the bloodbath and the shining. But, um, yeah. Yes, well, I, yeah think like, it, I also love the music in this movie, too. Yeah, no, it's really good music. Um, but the framing, I think, like, they framed it far enough away as far as the head so they could get away with those extra seconds. Yeah. So that they're lingering even longer, which makes it even more bothersome and disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, there's almost something ominous about it. Yeah. I totally oh, agree. That guy's playing with his snake. I was going to say, that got a little too real for a second. Grady, Grady, you dirty boy. With your snake. Playing with the snake again. A lot That's of good effects people on this film, Bill. Now, now, that is a long snake. Believe it, no. <laughs> Rick Baker and uh, Rob Bottin, both, they get uncredited uh, credits on this film. You know anything about that, Bill? Two of the biggest. Well, I mean, Bottin and Baker. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. um, Bottin, well, Baker... I believe when he was doing American Werewolf, Botine was a protege at some point on that production. So they have had history and they have had a good relationship where they have helped each other out over the years. Yeah. So it seems like this was a, a melding situation where it seems like his schedule was available and Botine, who was very exclusive with his film production from what he was doing from one to the next. Right. Um, this uh, definitely was a collaborative effort that really just melded beautifully, um, considering how these are two masters uh, in the craft. They say that the uh, when they started production, the werewolf suit wasn't even done yet. That's it wasn't. And their strong point is werewolves, because you think of Baker. Um, because of American Werewolf. You could also think of Botine because of what he did with The Howling. And right. those two films are always so kind of highly regarded back-to-back. And right. I think on this collaborative effort, they were able to basically be like, let's do the best of both worlds, and let's c- collide and see what we can come up with. Cool beans. Thank you, Bill. I mean, that, that's the most logical lapse that I can make of the situation. Yeah. The, uh, the director, real quick, 
Well, we'll address the elephant in the room. Corey Hames in a wheelchair, ladies and gentlemen. It's very unfortunate. Uh, never goes into why he's in the wheelchair. Right? I think he's born that way, unfortunately. Um, in the, in the book, he is uh, born with a uh, degenerative bone disease. Yeah. Which left him, and he had it from birth. So it, it, his his the bones in his legs didn't develop right. Yeah. So that's why he has. Uh, I don't. They don't touch on it in the movie though. As far as I remember. Yeah. The great Gary Busey. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. The legend. Legendary. One of my favorite crazy actors. For sure. I met Gary Busey at a convention, and he was uh, he was normal. I think that Gary Busey, he, he, it's either all a show where he t- turns it up, or I think he has medication that he doesn't take when he wants to get loopy. It's Which is but no, some people do that from time to time. Little from column A, little from column B. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I met I met Gary at, at a uh, convention too, and it was funny because it was him and his son was like right next to him. Right, and uh, yeah, Gary seemed like totally out of it, and oh. uh, almost seemed like he had no idea what was going on. I mean, yeah. I called him Gary, and he didn't like that. When I met Gary, I think he had just taken his medication because he was just kind of sitting there, and he just kind of was very calm. Because I came up to him, and I said, you know, Mr. Busey, I really enjoy all the films you did, and, you know, kind of buttering him up a little bit, but really being appreciative. And he just looked at me, he's like... And then I look over at his handler, who I've known for years, hell of a nice guy, Bill Philbit. And um, he was just kind of looking at me like, oh, boy, I think this is going to be a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but, you know, he, you know, Bill's great. I mean, he's always gracious. You know, I look over and I see Jake and um, I was I talked to him earlier. And he's just, you know, kind of like, OK, so I'm like, OK, cool. Nice to meet you guys, and I just got the hell out of there because it just got so awkward so fast. Speaking of crazy, the director's son in 2002, <clears throat> when Crazo uh, killed four people vehicular homicide, they he was they 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 called him insane. He got to go to a mental hospital instead of a prison. So and that ain't no easy feat. Damn, the director's kid. His kid, yeah, fucking heavy. We call that the curse of silver bullet. Okay. A little bit too much uh, silver in the uh, bloodstream, huh? Yeah. So, apparently, some mercury, maybe some lead. Well, I mean, That's... I mean, heck, uh, you have Gary Busey on scene, so I'm sure there's a lot of you know little bumps in the bathroom, you know, between takes. I could, so maybe I wonder... there was a little silver mixed in there. <laughs> This could be an era when cocaine wasn't that bad. And if so, I wonder if him and Haim partook together. That's a questionable thing. I want. I, I really want to believe that Haim had not been corrupted yet. I think he got corrupted really young, though. I think super, like, I think yeah, no. Far yeah. beyond driven at this point. <clears throat> More than likely. More than likely. As it goes with the young actor in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, it's the football one there. 
Lucas, uh, Lucas, Lucas, yeah, Lucas. Lucas. I think, but like Lucas, he was already having issues. That's that's when he was like assaulted. So, and I think drugs kind of p- played a part into that. But it's about to get wild for this girl right here. It's very intense. Yeah. The murders in, in this are very, very intense. You know what I mean? It's 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 a really weird dynamic this movie has where the parts with like the kids, Marty, everything, it's got almost this TV after-school special feel to it. Like, it feels really innocent and just kind of nice, warm feeling. But then the werewolf stuff happens, and it's so brutal. This movie truly is, like, brutal, brutal, brutally violent Yeah, when you think about it, which only makes sense when you're dealing with a giant man-creature wolf. You know, you'd figure he'd rip people apart and tear them to shreds and stuff. But I've always found that that's one of the best things to this is that the horror is so turned up to 11 in this movie. Yeah. And then the scenes when that's not going on are so benign and, like, peaceful almost. You know? Yeah. It's 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 interesting how, how they pulled both of those feels off throughout the whole film. Yeah. This is one of those don't have sex or get killed moments in horror films. I always love it. This werewolf. There's a great shot coming up with her on the bed. I always love that shot. At the end of it. Oh, the one where the mom finds her? Yeah, and she's like upside to hanging on the bed upside yeah, down. Right this there. one right here. Yeah, yeah Ooh, that's, that's, yes. that's gnarly. <clears throat> See what I'm I saying? That's, seen that's that gnarly. In a video once. Huh? You seen that in a video? <clears throat> too wild. That wild. Werewolves gone wild. Is that? Yeah, werewolves gone wild, man. You gotta be careful. You throw uh, throw some beads on them, and they get really hairy. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Have you guys seen werewolves? Nips. Hmm? Say it again, Billy. Have you seen werewolves within? It's yeah. Certainly, you know, I've, yeah. I've been hearing I really dug it. Amazing things. I really dug it. I'm a big werewolf movie fan, like big werewolf movie fan. <laughs> uh, I probably have more werewolf films than I have pretty much anything else in my collection. Um, so anything new that comes out with a wolf involved, I'm in. And werewolves in was great. I think actually this week marks uh, the anniversary of uh, Dog Soldiers. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that's one of the better ones. That's that's one of the greats, in my opinion. I mean, another one I, I love just by design so much is uh, what Steve Johnson did with uh, Bad Moon. With um, Bad Moon's fantastic. I think that's I, I love that werewolf design. <clears throat> and I mean, and I would say, but there are so many good. See, a werewolf design can either make or fucking break your movie because the more time you take to make it look animalistic or the way you think it should look and it looks great and show it to people and like it's great but you look at something like and don't get me wrong i even love the bad ones i really do tony zarandas what he did with werewolf mark williams it didn't look that great but it was acceptable and i really liked it a lot and it was a fun movie for what it's worth but you know the werewolf itself is either going to make or break your movie and they were so lucky to have you know, so many amazing, you know, Wunderkin effects artists to come up with so many amazing designs. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I, 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 I fully agree with you. Look, a wheelchair race. 
You don't see them anymore. Yeah. I just want a Mac and me moment so bad. I just want <laughs> an explosion. Where he hey, wait. Paul Rudd here? Are we on Conan O'Brien? Uh-oh. <laughs> Come on. You guys know the reference, right? I do, I, I do Alex. I do. Okay, good, good, good. I, I was hoping that I, I wasn't just whistling dis- Dixie there. Fuck you no. tortured me for decades with that. This, this is like really like great setup work going on here too. Like just, uh, this movie really is masterfully done. It is. It's one of the most well put together King films. One thing I thought was interesting about the score is how it was done by Chad, Jay Shadaway. Because right. I loved what he did with Maniac, Bill Lustig's Maniac, because that was so dark and depraved. But, you know, in this film, it's such a different tone. And I just think it's so amazingly appropriate with what he came up with for this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. He goes through all the emotions, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's really what a film score should be, is like emotion given sound, in my opinion. And oh, you I'm just get that. it all in here. The kiss. It's so cute. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Hawk, yeah. Now, one thing that's different about this movie, like, we've talked about, like, how some of the locations don't match up in these King films. Like, some of them are supposed to be Maine. They look like they're in sunny California or whatever. This one is actually, like, really strange in that regard because... It's supposed to be set in Tarker's Mills, Maine. However, if pretty much everything in this movie leans toward it being like Tarker's Mills, Arkansas. Like, it's super southern. Like, there's a lot of southern accents going around in the movie. There's a lot of that feel, like that small southern town feel, especially like... Not a lot of water. No. Not like you're on the coast anywhere in Maine. No, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think that they were... Because I don't remember if they specifically say what state Tarker's Mills is in in this film. But it definitely doesn't feel... It doesn't even try to feel like it's in Maine, is my point. Like, it definitely feels like they were shooting for it to be in, set in the South. Yeah. Which was a which which is different for a King film because he usually doesn't do anything south of the Mason Dixon. <laughs> what an influence! This is that was a behind the scenes footage taken of uh, the shoot. Gary Busey holding that bottle of Jack Daniels or that 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 whiskey. Um, <laughs> he was he was actually playing cards with Corey Haim. Yeah. Is what it is. They just <laughs> shot that. <laughs> All right, here's my twenty. Now you're gonna match me. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just edited out the part where he pulled the three fifty seven magnum on him and said, "What? What? You cheating me, chair boy?" Like you know, that's <laughs> what's head of my on again? We all fucking know that he'd do it too. So don't tell. <laughs> he's just like call a, me Mister Joshua. He's a big swinger too. He's uh, he's definitely he's Stephen King, dude. He's an alcoholic for sure. Oh. I always remember this little moment in the film when the mother's like, you know, he's got so many cards stacked against him. I don't need you showing him how to quit. I remember like mm. being like, ooh, fuck, that's heavy. Family drama, man. Yeah. Heavy. Family drama. And then poor Gary Busey. <sighs> Take it into the heart. It, it hurts him because he loves his nephew, man. 
Gary Busey's a great anti-hero in any situation. Perfect, perfectly in this one. You know what I mean? Without he's an anti-hero him, in garbage. real life. Well, that's true. He's an anti-hero in real life. Uh, he oh. Personified. Gary Busey is my hero. I wouldn't go that far. Billy Supplies. <laughs> Oh, those teeth made an appearance. <laughs> the chompers. I tell you, dude, there's very few people as intimidating. Like, look at him right there. If that dude, like, backed you into a corner at a party, all fucking coked out, so, I'd be shitting my pants. Dude, you'd be worried. You'd be like, oh, shit. I remember he uh, he wrestled Howard Stern on uh, and, and got kicked off of his show. Uh, just, the, just the fact that you I could say that sentence out loud is an actual Gary Busey factoid. He wrestled Howard Stern. <laughs> he was going after okay, Howard. Howard like, are you going to man up now, Howard? Are we going to throw down? Let's do it, Howard. Come on. Now you want to. Yeah. Now you want to take on Busey. Very unpredictable. I feel like he calls himself the Busey. I don't know. I think he does. He's I've never met him. I, I have a strange feeling he does. I, I don't know why. <laughs> He's at that stage. He can. He can also wear t-shirts of himself. That's also a good thing. <laughs> I'll allow that for Gary. <laughs> Gary Busey walks up wearing a t-shirt with Gary Busey on it, stares you dead in the eye and goes, did you just talk about the Busey? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that has happened to somebody sure. somewhere. And then on the back it says, "If lost, call this number." <laughs> oh man, I feel I feel like we're punching down on the poor no, guy. No, I mean, I, yeah. but <laughs> you might—you're probably not wrong. <laughs> you punch. We love Gary. We really do love Gary. Oh, Gary's the man, dude. He's the best drunkle I've ever seen. Drunkle, I like how you drunkle. Fantastic word creation, Jesse. Drunkle. His <laughs> name is Drunkle for brother. the rest of this movie. <laughs> Yay. This is the second best performance of somebody watching wrestling since Rodney Dane. Maddie, it looks like you if <laughs> you shave. Ooh, my parts. I love Your that line. Up. That's the greatest line of all time. Come on, Rebel. We're going to kick some ass. We're going <laughs> to kick some ass. Yeah, this guy's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't see real colorful fun characters like this anymore. No, you don't. They don't they don't put enough energy into the into the supporting cast like they used They're to. They're too be. darkly real, I think. He's getting drunk and he's pulling a gun out. Yeah, I love how he reaches <laughs> for the gun. Yeah. It's so American. <laughs> but the the no, Matt, yeah, I think you're touching on something really important. You're right. Like 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 supporting cast does not have enough color anymore. Like there's no there's nothing interesting going on with them like there used to be. Like this guy's fucking great and he's only in the movie for like eight seconds. <laughs> the true star. Sometimes it's characters like this that are more memorable than the films itself, but this is a memorable movie. But you know, we can think of maybe more certain characters in certain movies that we might have forgot about. Absolutely. No, you, you I mean like you just even in like horror, like eighties horror, there's plenty of them. Crazy Ralph and fucking Friday yeah. the thirteenth, fucking you know what I mean? Like like you get those awesome little characters in the film. Great secondary it, characters, yeah. Yeah, you it just gives everything a little more texture. 
and you know in the end in the end result the the, the world feels more engaging and real because like people have personalities it's not just i, w- I wouldn't even say on parallel with that almost it's like uh brad duras and um uh graveyard shift fuck yeah no he, he was definitely a secondary character but you know he's a leading man i love that role great there was a book and a movie just in that role alone i think this is another great kill too the the uh the the greenhouse scenario this this is great also another one that's like hyper fucking brutal just like he gets that fucking plank in the chest and it's like and it looks really gnarly yeah he kills you know, there's a he clubs someone to death a little later. I think too, like it's not just tearing them up to shreds. Even though tearing them up to shreds is the worst way to go. I I've always found it. We'll talk about that when it happens. I got opinions about the baseball bat beating. <laughs> yeah. Now in early, in early drafts of the script, the werewolf was going to actually talk in werewolf form, but they axed that idea. Probably, for, I'd say definitely for the better. You know, you don't want to in the, talking. In the book. In the book, the wolf talks. Is it effective in the scenes? It's terrifying. It be, it's in your it's head. So it's terrifying. Fucking terrifying. Yeah. In the so book, the wolf up, talks, though. and it's terrifying. Why is it terrifying? <laughs> Just what it says, sh- I assume, right? The shit that the wolf says. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrifying. Feel, like feel, exorcist type, or no? Like, it's an animalistic creature, well, so just so imagine like, roar. I think that's why it works, because you can the reader can see whatever is the scariest in their head, but if you were to try and put it to film with the voice, it might not it might no. not go over as well No, Jesse, illusion, alright Je- No, Jesse, he uses the voice to, like, bait people Like, like help that. help, can you please oh, okay. let me in I'm stuck out here blah blah blah, and then, like the guy unlocks the door and it busts open and it's this fucking massive werewolf. Like, shit like that. Like, it is fucking horrifying. Ah, I love scary. that so much. Yeah. He doesn't... The, the wolf's not stupid in the book yeah. at all. He's he's well, smart. It's a, it's a person, right? Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's... So you would think they keep the same mindset in a way. In, in Stephen King's version of the Werewolf Legend, they do. Obviously, they didn't do that in Silver Bullet, but in Cycle of the Werewolf, they did. And yeah. it is. It's hyper-effective. It's fucking terrifying. But I also see as a filmmaker why you would make the decision to pull that back, because that's, on the written page, like, yeah, that's that's scary. It is scary. But to, like, deliver it on screen with, like, the wolf speaking and stuff, like, one... Your budget just went up about a million fucking dollars because yeah. you got to make that head talk. Mm-hmm. Two, how, how are you going to not make that look retarded? Like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's all voiceover. I mean, voiceover is really the only safe way to really go about it. And a good lore scare is can be effective. Now, uh, the only lore scare that really got me when I was really young, as ridiculous as this sounds, was the first Leprechaun. And it was like, please let me out. I don't want to suffocate in here. Opens it up. For some reason, that voice, that lore, the voice can, if you have a good voiceover, it can sell it. But the thing is, if you're going to show it, it's, and it doesn't look good, then of course they're going to ax it. But if the, the audio is good, well, like, okay, we'll just do that. We're not going to show anything. And hopefully it's suspension of disbelief that people come by mm-hmm. with the lore instead yeah. of actually 
showing it. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think it was a good decision on their part to not have the wolf talk because I just, I'm thinking of the logistics of how to make that effective and work in my head. And it's like an extra like mill and a half on the budget. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. No, but you have those two and I'm sure they could do a fair amount of research and development on them. But the thing is, if you don't have the time, you don't have the time. The thing is to throw money at something like that. And those are the two biggest contributors. So you got to make this big. It's a big scare that if you watch it, more than once, you might not get that scare, but without the voice, you still can get scared by it. Now, look I, at these absolutely. these towny alcoholics. This is the, the, the cop coming up on them. This is the most southern scene in the film. Yeah. Just like drunk towny Alabamans talking about their sheriff being useless and, I, and ready to commit into fisticuffs. I'm not a fan of a, a town where you go get drunk with your 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 law enforcement in the in the town bar. I think that's trouble. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, because you. they're supposed to be at the station with their J and B laughing. I think they're highly out of their depth. Oh, this this scene right here. Fine. This super fucking effective. That kite. That is kite. That Quinn? bloody kite. Is that's Brady. The, that's a little the, boy. Does this dude later go on to be stepfather? That. Anthony oh, Terry yeah, O'Quinn. Yeah, that's, that's Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they don't skimp on the blood either, which is no. You know, but I, that I, bloody I, kite, like, even though they don't show like the kill or anything like that, but just that bloody kite, man, like, that's brutal. That's brutally effective. Like, you know what I mean? Because you saw him flying the kite, so like, you get the implication. Think about it. But they never show the kid in this whole thing. Move. Yeah. Well, they were going to, but I, I actually watched an interview with uh, the actor who plays his father, and they were saying they were going to show the kid, but the dummy was so bad yeah. that they just didn't know what to do, because they're like, we can't show this on screen, it's fucking horrible. The father, and he basically, this scene right here, what he's doing, he's basically like, just keep the camera on me, and I'll sell it. And yeah. he totally did. He totally he, did. He, he did. For sure. You feel his that, pain. You're like, oh man, that's tough. Yeah, exactly. and that's and that's one of those things with those caliber of actors. It's like they know the situation. It's like we can't show this, so like, I'm going to have to emote everything, and um, that can scare filmmakers. But in the hands of a very good actor, then they can f- flow with it. I think this guy is very good. Yeah. Everett I mean, I mean, I'm I'm a big a big uh, fan of the idea of you know. Show less. I mean, when I mean, I know a lot of people like to show like the over the top, you know, gore or whatever, which is great and fun. But sometimes it's more effective when you see the reaction of the actors and the characters than actually seeing the the mask. Sometimes that's even more terrifying. No, Alex, I actually am going to back you up on that a hundred percent. The actual psychology of horror is. The less you show, the more scared someone's going to be. The yeah. only thing that someone is ever actually psychologically, like subconsciously afraid of, is the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. If if you can't see it, you have to. If they can't see it, if you give them enough to impl- implicate, like, okay, I have a bloody kite, I have a father screaming and crying. That kid got torn apart. Oh. Your mind's thinking about how that kid got torn apart without even seeing how that kid got torn apart, and it is way more scary. Oh yeah, way more scary. You also have elements like where it was found, where like it's almost taunting 
where like it was just left in the middle of that gazebo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's oh, it's right. not in the woods, it's not completely eaten. It was almost you know, it goes into the it's almost like they clipped out a little bit of the 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 sinister ways of it. Like you were talking about how it would do the voices, like that's very sinister. <laughs> they kind of cut back on all that sinister vibe, I think a little bit. Well, in in the book the wolf is just the Reverend, the Reverend Low Wolf, yeah. whatever. He's just evil, right? Right. He's not doing it because he can't control himself. He's doing it because he likes it. <laughs> That's the difference, then, because in the movie, it's it's more like he wishes he wasn't. I get the vibe like he wishes he wasn't. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's a more more typical Wolfman scenario where yeah, the guy the- is the tragic monster he doesn't want to be that he doesn't want to be doing it in the, in the book he's all about it he enjoys yeah. it <laughs> i mean if you go in with the old lon cheney jr uh the uh, uh lawrence talbot the whole thing i mean like you said that they always build up the the werewolf as a curse is something he's trying to get rid of but with this it goes in a whole different uh i mean with as you said with the book where now you're taking someone who has this curse but is reveling in it, who's yeah. enjoying the, what he's able to do, which yeah. is, you know, extremely um, terrifying within itself because we all know that people within themselves can be evil monsters already, but you give an evil monster something to make them even more evil and more ability to cause more harm, that, that's, that's truly terrifying. Well, it's almost got like a, the book almost has a seven angle because, you know, I mean, I don't think there's any spoilers. This movie came out in 1985. It's Reverend Lowe is the werewolf. And in the book, he thinks he's cleansing himself of sin. Like he, he, you get a little shade of that when he's explaining himself, like, oh, she was going to kill herself. It's a mortal sin. She'd be in hell. I was sparing her, blah, 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 blah. He goes all the way into that. Like, like he is like, Committing divine retribution is, is his yeah. concept in the it, and he enjoys it. Like he thinks he's doing good, which is usually, generally, most exciting, is the most. He evil thinks thing he's doing ever. God's work. Yeah, he thinks he's doing God's work, which, generally speaking, is usually the cause for the most evil. So there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, and I will have to say, um, as the Reverend's character, I love Everett McGill. Yeah, oh my god, yes. I, and the thing is, he probably said one line from a movie I quote all the fucking time. And as ridiculous as this is going to sound, Under Siege 2, <laughs> Assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. And I say that a lot. Because there's so much truth to that. And he's so... I mean, and I feel bad because he's not on... Because I know we're talking about the character. But... um I, I, you know, I even um, loved him in Twin Peaks because um, yeah. he was big Ed and he just kind of had multi roles on the show. It's certainly like in the second season, a little more than the first season, but you know, just a good actor, just a good journeyman actor. That dude, that dude, the father <laughs> is a great actor too. Yes, he is. I forget his name, but I've seen him in so many different. He he he's fucking incredibly well in this. Like the emotion, he's in it, man. He's like 
he wasn't on his cell phone before this take. Was he know? in the thing? <laughs> he was getting in character, huh? Was he in the thing? Um, he he looks a lot like the guy from the thing. Possible. Yeah, I, I'm, possible. I'm having a brain fart. No, because my audio clipped out last night when I tried watching this with the bonus features. Um, that can happen. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to look up his name real quick. It's, it's really good. Yeah, Lawrence Tierney is in this as well. We didn't bring him up yet from Reservoir Dogs. Joe from Reservoir Dogs. And his brother was Scott Brady. Everything, but, huh? his, his brother was Scott Brady, the other famous Western actor. Okay. That's one of those weird things I just remembered from Joe Dante on the commentary track to Gremlins, that those two were brothers because Scott Brady was in Gremlins. And he's like, oh, yeah, his brother's Lawrence Tierney. But Lawrence Tierney was in. Did you ever see Dillinger? No. It was like one. It was like one of the first, like really good, um, gangster films, old school. And it was Lawrence Tierney. It's like Lawrence Tierney. It was Dillinger. Now the bar that they just left out of, it's called Owen's Bar, and that was called that because Stephen King had a son named Owen. Yes, oh! he did. That wasn't for Owen Hart. He didn't die yet. Now they're going to fuck up a werewolf. Well, they just think it's a guy. There's a werewolf in every man. Careful. The animalistic primal rage. Well, there's a lot of Beast within. That. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Like like to me, this is like the true testament of a small southern town. Oh, we got a we got a maniacal killer on the loose trying to look, kill us. We'll all band together and kick his ass. I mean, if that's not an allegory for a lynch mob, I don't know what is. Oh, unity. Town yeah. unity. That's yeah, town that's, unity. That, yeah, that worked out great for this episode. <laughs> hey, hey, nothing brings a town closer together than hunting someone down and killing them. Hell yeah, brother. There's some dark implications with this, I'm just saying. <laughs> I love the different views. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the cinematography in this movie is just, it's just top-notch all the way around. The gaffing work, like, it's... Yeah, the sound effects, everything. Like, when mm-hmm. he, like, yeah. suits up, like, wheelchairs, oh. I always love when, you know, you film at night just by virtue of, especially if you're in somewhat of a controlled environment when you're outside, because when you're just shooting in the dark in a forest, you you know what you're doing. It's just something so fucking gratifying about it. And it's so cool to see when you see it done so well in something like this. Yeah, this... I, I I like night shots that feel like they're night without being so dark you can't see shit. Yeah, and that's what I mean by the gaffing work on this is just so awesome. Like you just get that like blue hue silhouette, the moonlight, like, and they don't overdo it. So like they still look like the flashlights still have effect in the scenes and stuff. Like it's just really well balanced. Like it, it looks good. It looks it just looks damn good. John Candy was up to play Uncle Red at one point in the pre-production. I'm not gonna lie, I would have. 
I'm not gonna lie. I would I would have loved to see what he would have done with Uncle Red. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, obviously Busey. It's an iconic. Yeah. It's an iconic. Gary Busey yeah. But like the, the now I'm thinking about like Uncle Buck fighting a werewolf. Like it, <laughs> that would have been awesome. It could have been great. It could have been, been great. great. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's slightly more comedic, I'm sure, but it would. Uh, that might be why they. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. That might be why they pulled away from it, though. This it might have been too comedic. This movie actually came out the same weekend as Commando. There you go. Now there's an Uncle Red Schwarzenegger. I am your daddy now. Come with. Welcome me. to the party, werewolf. The party werewolf. Are you the party pooper? <laughs> you are one ugly motherfucker. Wow. You're out of control. There are so many one Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liners that, are, that would work in this movie. That's weird. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Do it now. Do it. Do it now. Billy, get to the chopper. Okay. Anybody <laughs> E-bombs world when they were younger? In the early days of the internet? Oh, yeah. Like the, the sound boards. Oh, yeah, had, I remember uh, those. They always had the Arnold ones with the prank phone Take it like a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. I love those. Those were awesome. Yeah. Just be like, yeah. I don't even know what to call that. It's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger pain noise. It's like, like <laughs> Schwarzenegger lifting weights. <laughs> this fog. I always thought this was, like, particularly terrifying. Like... It's like stalking them underneath the fog. Like that's just yeah. mm-hmm. that's good stuff. Is this pre the fog, John Carpenter's? That was, that was the fog. Little, that was before the yeah, yeah. post the fog. The fog was like eighty late seventies or something. Eighty one, an early one, possibly eighty. Probably, well, I think eighty one. Yeah. He he did the fog and then went on to do the thing. So it has to be before yeah. eighty two. Yeah. Uh, See what I'm saying? Like that's just that's just really like clever lighting. I like that lighting's cool. Yeah, man. The yeah, whole scheme's no just. Mm. Now they know that this ain't human. Man, fuck with some human shit. The baseball bat. <laughs> no, that's not a bat. Wait. That's a bat. Yeah, no, it it's is bat. a bat. Yeah. The peacemaker. Oh, no. The peacemaker. I got. I got. I got. I got to take particular issue with that. They were like. Oh, why does a werewolf need a baseball bat? Why would a werewolf use a baseball bat? I don't know. Probably just to show the human side of them in some weird way instead of being so animalistic, which makes no fucking sense to me. Yeah, like, that was, like, kind of, like, I don't know, a little bit out of tone Yeah, with, like, what, like what the rest make of the murders. Human, even though he's completely inhuman. I think it was probably made more of a choice to be like, oh, this would be a cool shot rather than does this make sense for our werewolf? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just felt, it feels a little out of whack in the continuity of like the when rest. One of the, the producers was like, "You know what? I've always wanted to see in a movie. I've always wanted to see a bat go in and out of the smoke. Can we make that work, people? Can we, please?" It's like I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, the shot's cool. It, yeah. it's a it's a cool shot. It's just like, does it make sense? <laughs> That's is this, is this the, the scene where they turn. Missing, the only thing missing in in, in that is is. Uh, Someone saying, batter up? This yeah. is, uh, you and your fun talk. 
Is it the scene where they all turn into werewolves? Because this scene, I remember mm-hmm. being like fucking madness, like super scary. Yeah, yeah like, no. What are this... you doing in that scenario when you're right there in the middle? And he's the and killer. Like, I know. It's insane. Very psychosis maniac. It's a very maniac vibe to it. Well, don't forget, yeah. Jeff Chataway. I won't great score. I always think of those stings from uh, Bill Lustig's Maniac. Cause, I, mean, I love the soundtrack to that movie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this this scene's like, again, like going where the horror in this movie is like turned up to 11. Like this, this is out of control. Like this whole, this whole sequence is like nuts. Yeah. Like from there on, right there, like where he's like, Reverend, he was torn apart. And then it's just pandemonium, man. Yeah. <laughs> and these really aren't like background makeups, you know. I mean no. these, are, these are some really nice foreground makeups. I mean they're cut quick, but they look real good. And there's a shitload of them. Yeah. I mean, and this was post Michael Jackson's thriller. So, you know, the teens on this, you know, I mean, they probably had quite a few people, you know, between, you know, Botine and Winston and Baker, Um, you know, just to have so many applications, you know, at one time. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's Herculean effort. Yeah. Yeah, things just got really hairy. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> a, a I'm here of, all week. A total of seventy extras were used in that scene. They were divided up in four groups and various levels of makeup and costume. These range four hundred and fifty-seven from... shaved German shepherds. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where they got the fur from. They had to burn them off. Yeah. No. Shave them and burn So we got a lot of naked German (laughs) shepherds out there. Scandalous. (laughs) (laughs) The world was too cold (laughs) for them with no fur. They didn't survive. (laughs) A lot of shrinkage. Just like cat's eye. 458 dead cats, 458 dead German shepherds. That's how this happens. Big body counts. Body counts Mm -hmm. are always the biggest with the animal life. And one dead troll. And one dead troll. One dead troll. That's the name of that's sweet one bad one dead troll. It's not a bad name for a metal band. I was just thinking that. One dead troll. Coming up next. <laughs> no, even he, he he does everything any other little boy would be doing. Look at him, he's helping his uncle with the tools. Playing with his box. Nah, dude. Wow. I, the thing about the thing about this scene that's just slightly early, unrealistic is like Marty's not getting yelled at nearly enough. I love Seriously? him. Sure. I said I wanted the monkey wrench, god damn it! <laughs> no, I wanted three-eighths! This is five-sixteenths, you fucking idiot! Let me tell you about my Hawaiian shirt. No, I know. Who's going to roll around on the ground in that outfit? Nobody. The fuck is Gary that Busey will. Uncle Red. He's an alcoholic. Don't make me rip my clothes off and put these wrenches on. Over the <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's bu- building a high-powered rocket wheelchair in a Hawaiian shirt. It doesn't get much weirder <laughs> than that. Dude. That's true. That Hawaiian shirt is even louder than Gary Busey, which I That's didn't true. think was possible. 
What are you talking about? I love that shirt. The, the, the I feel like that was his shirt. That's yes. Pete. <laughs> yeah, no, he just see there was no wardrobe. He just showed no. up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, wardrobe was supposed to say, "Hey, Gary, what do you want to wear today? You want to My wear clothes? You, you, okay, we'll go with that. Whatever you want, guy. There, there should be a deleted <laughs> deleted scene before this scene somewhere where he he gets he grabs the kid and strangles him or punches him for knocking <laughs> over his beard. <laughs> like it had to be cut out of the movie. It was too wild. Gary was too in the character. Corey Haim cried in real yeah. life. They had to cut. Cut, 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 cut. <laughs> no, he walked on set that day. And they were like, okay, Gary, get the wardrobe. <laughs> he looked at the director dead in the face. He said, I am wardrobe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, this shirt was made from the finest silk in Asian buttholes of worms. Yeah. I paid twenty thousand dollars for this shirt. This is my wardrobe. I know. <laughs> I, I say I am wardrobe because I'm going to wear it and bring it every single time, and you're going to like it if not, or I'm going to walk. <laughs> Gary Busey is the kind of uncle that gives like a handgun to a four year old for a birthday <laughs> gift. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's mean, That's mean. <laughs> Seriously, he's like, he's like, this wheelchair does zero to sixty in three point eight seconds. Go drive it without a helmet. No big deal. I'll take you where you want to go. Wink. Yeah. We know where you want to go. And while you're out, can you make a packies run for me? <laughs> Here's a note. Tell the clerk. He's yeah, so proud. I love Busey's reactions. Here, he's he's he's, he's great. He really is. He, he, I mean, he gave the kid a fucking rocket trike. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, is that not the coolest gift in the world, for Christ's sakes? I mean, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, until he has to stop. Silver bullet. I mean, yeah, it's all well oh. and good, but, I mean, personal responsibility says 13-year-olds shouldn't have things that go that fast. Yeah. I was hoping for an easy rider ending on this one. <laughs> he's like, the Busey is the law. Busey is the law, dude. He, he's not even, he was going like 80 miles an hour down the street. He was just loving it, dude. Bypassing cars. The wheels are fucking shaking <laughs> off of it. Meanwhile, yeah. he's only held into the fucking thing by like hopes and dreams. There's no seatbelts. There's yeah. nothing. <laughs> he's like, if I get ejected, whatever. <laughs> now Busey's on the ground. As- Busey's like, I tried to watch it, but I had to get drunk. Sorry. <laughs> he's like, I thought about what you were doing and how much shit I might be in, so I'm hammered now. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional drinking. I started drinking because I thought you were in trouble. <laughs> there you go. Drunkle to the rescue. <laughs> well, and not firecrackers really. and firecrackers. He gives them fireworks too. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like this is me as an uncle. I'm just, I'm just being I mean, honest. This guy's awesome. Yeah. This is the uncle that you're really. I with. have zero regard for the safety of my nieces and nephews. I give them the most horrible gifts, and I've been doing it since they were born, and I have no shame. Like I am. Uncle Red. <laughs> Uncle Red. Uncle Red buys him heroin at a certain age because life's hard. That's how Uncle. That's what Uncle Red is. <laughs> no, 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 no. He goes, you're no. having a bad day. Let me let me introduce you to my buddy heroin. You'll feel better. I got I got into some particular shit when my nephew was like four because I gave him a decord hand grenade. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just saying. <laughs> 
Would you get him a, a M16 the next year? <laughs> get him at the uh, fireworks too? No, no, no. I I, I stopped the explosives. Um. <laughs> I think the other adults feel that Uncle Red should have a handicap thing in his car, just like they do with the wheelchair. I don't think they consider him a real like adult. <laughs> I think they look at him like he's all fucked up. Too. I mean, the way his sister treats him, nah. His, <laughs> his license plate should just be a picture of his face. When he left that table, they were like, "What the fuck's wrong with that guy?" And then he goes and gives him the fireworks. They're probably no, right. I, no, I think I think her husband's just like, "Yeah, Red's on the sauce again." Whatever. <laughs> he means well. <laughs> he meant well. He meant well. Past tense. <laughs> there should be nips. There should be like nips in the bottom of this firework bag. Well, if subconscious, we don't have to show up, Maddie, because we know all about subtlety in this book. It's well. He meant well, but didn't quite get there. You know. I like how he believes him too, which I, as a kid, you always love that. Where you go, yeah, that's great that he believes him and wants to help him kill the werewolf. And then you take that adult look at it, where he just looks even more crazy. Mm-hmm. Be funny if there was like if he, if this is all in Uncle Red's head. This is all a drunken hallucination by Uncle Red. Like like the end of the movie, he just wakes up in like a peyote tent somewhere in the New Mexican desert, just like what the Dire- fuck. He doesn't like Reverend Lowe. And then it just goes directed car. by David Lynch. <laughs> He doesn't like Reverend Lowe because he's got a better life than him, so he wanted to ruin him. That's it. That's it, exactly. He's got all that free church wine, and, and Uncle Red's going to pay for his own hooch. That motherfucker. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish that motherfucker. So he's just running around telling everybody he's a werewolf. Uh, I'm impressed how this kid just like scaled down the side of his house with no use of his legs. Well, I would imagine... like. Upper body strength, know. yeah. The upper body strength's got to be like through the fucking roof from for yeah. most people that have to, you know, can't use their legs because wow. they're well, constantly wheeling themselves around. Like, yeah. When Uncle Red tips over his wheelchair and kicks at him, he has to defend himself. <laughs> he has to defend himself off from Uncle Red when he has too much drink, too much of that drink. Get out of my way. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> he's, just, he's just he's just looking at him with like a half empty bottle of wild turkey and he's like, Oh no. <laughs> over his head. Treats him less than human. <laughs> Terrible. Gary, we love you. We're sorry for sounding mean, but we do. The true story. <laughs> Uncle Red put him in that wheelchair drinking driving. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean I mean, think about it though. He gives him a rocket-powered wheelchair. He gives him fireworks. Is that so far out of the wheelhouse? No, I don't think so. I think that's what they're going for, yeah. But apparently they so. still want him around. Of course you want him around. My uncle took away my legs, but he gave me a rocket-powered wheelchair and some rockets, so he's A-OK in my book. Yeah. Yeah, no, he gave him a, he gave him a wheelchair that does 80 miles an hour and fucking yeah. dynamite. Great, yeah. and he also and he also gave him a fucking werewolf <laughs> to battle with. I know. Oh, this is the scene, right? This is the scene. Yeah, on the, the approach. Yeah. That was that was that was some classic action there too, with the first person view. You know? Yeah, Corey Aim was a. I mean, was was a good, really good actor for his time. Like the the fear that he's about to show. 
I remember being really great. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then he gets stuck, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, ah, yeah, so it does the weird face of what, horror. Wait, fight. hold on. Is that you, uncle? Drunk uncle? Is that you? <laughs> that that initial, Drunkle. like, <laughs> drunkle. Drunkle. You know what? If the POV was more wobbly, then I might actually think it was Drunkle. <laughs> but no, like even even the cinematography on that first reveal yeah. shot. When, no, it did. Corey, yeah. When when Marty first sees the wolf, like yeah, just fucking perfect. Like his his eyes and mouth widen as the camera zooms in, almost perfectly in time. Like it it, it looks awesome. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, like killer, just killer. Ah. Die, Wolfman! Ooh, yes. that, ooh, that is such a good hit. Yeah, you know, in the face, in the eye. Oh, so you know, the in the eye. Hated the, look the of, eye. hated the look of the werewolf in this film. Now this is our faulty shot, boys. Brady, someone's getting it in the eye. Well, <laughs> I mean. I mean, like, if you, like, really, like, dwindle on that werewolf a little too long or pause yeah, it or something, yeah. yeah, the suit looks fucking terrible. Yeah. It's cheesy as shit. The yeah. only thing that came out, yeah, the only thing that came out good, like, passable is the face. And even then, if you, like, linger on it long enough, it looks like a baby bear. It doesn't look like a werewolf. Why? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see a really ridiculous werewolf movie, it's one of my favorites, though. Mystery Science Theater one. It's called Werewolf with Martin Sheen's brother, Emilio West, uh, Emilio, uh, no, uh, Joe Estevez. Joe Estevez stars in it. And it's so bad, it's good. But that werewolf, Tony Zarendost actually made the film. And he went on to kind of a interesting career. But I love the good ones and the bad ones, but I mean, shit. Oh, there's, I, there's definitely more bad werewolves out there than good werewolves. Oh, yeah. That's why I mean, the good werewolves right. stick out so much. Mm. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to pull off. No, it really isn't. I mean, I, I'm so painful to get through like in Colony. So painful. Oh, God. I got, I got a ton. Like, uh, Fantastic film, but the werewolves are just fucking horrible. Um, late phases. I've, I've heard of late. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, movie's fantastic. The movie's absolutely fantastic. Like spot on acting, amazing story. But when the werewolves get involved and you actually see them, they are the goofiest looking fucking things on the face <laughs> of the planet. They're fucking. They're bad. They're bad. You guys ever but, see Full Eclipse, the cop, no. werewolf cop movie? That's a good flick from like the mid nineties. I gotta check that out. It sounds familiar. Mario Van Peebles directed it. Yeah, it's yeah, really I good. Saw that. It's good. Fucking Wolf Cop, man. Wolf Cop. <laughs> In part two. Wolf Cop. Another part Wolf two. Cop. Another yeah. Wolf Cop. Yeah. I I always enjoy Ginger Snaps myself. Ginger yeah. Snaps is amazing. Ginger Snaps is a great movie. It was a great series. It really is. But the first is great actress. But the first one. The first one. Like, werewolves as body horror, like, that's fucking great. Like, that was pretty brilliant. Yeah. I always loved it when the guy went to take a piss, and he's pissing blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right, because they, they, did, they did the dirty unprotected, so she, yeah. she passed on the curse. Yeah, that's right. It's been, it's been a hot minute since I've seen Ginger Snaps, <laughs> but it, it, it's, really, it's a really good movie. 
her checking it out. They're all checking her out while she's checking them out, too, I've noticed. It's very creepy. Well, they're southern good old boys, so that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Dirty love. fucking rapey little bastards. Yeah. Hey, come on. It's all good as long as they're, uh, you know, cousins or, you know, relations. You know We're all cousins down here, baby. No, you no. Know no you. Wolfen. Yeah, oh, Wolfen's cool. Gregory I haven't seen that in so long. But I'm, because Wolfen was like, I think it was, what was it, 84 or 82 was the year of the werewolf. No, it was uh, The Howling, American Werewolf, and Wolfen all came out like in the same year. And that really kind of started somewhat the trend of the horror comedy. And they say that Landis had, even though, you know, he's so split with his genres. But that first American Werewolf, I think, was really kind of the start of the kind of the, the horror comedy as we know it. I, you quote me wrong on that, but you know that's kind of where I see more of that coming to to fruition was because I, of the I, werewolf I, films. I think American Werewolf works so well for the same reasons that Silver Bullet works so well. It has two dynamics, and mm-hmm. they play both of those dynamics perfectly. Like in Silver Bullet, it's like you've got that after school special. Yeah. saccharine sweet warm everything feels great and then you have this unspeakable fucking gnarly horror playing off each other in american werewolf when the comedy's on it's on 100 percent. when the horror's on it's on 100 percent. like they don't try to blend them too much like some movies they they weave it in and out in and out in and out too much and it, it, it things become too funny or too scary yeah it's a good frame what are you doing <laughs> Big reveal. His hands going crazy. Fucking Brazilian. I talk on my hands. I talk on my hands. (laughs) I thought you were doing shadow puppets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the peacemaker is about to be found. If I think. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Janie's about to. Yep. And it's wait, wait. John Cena's in this? (laughs) Not that one. Not that one. Not that Peacemaker. Oh, uh, Fantastic show, I- though. <laughs> so, this is my favorite. Back to the movie. Sorry. So she gathers all these bottles for the church. Very nice. And I emptied half of them. You crush. It's a lot of soda, man. Let's get checked for check for the beatus at that point. That's true. Hey, man, I'm surprised I don't have the beatus yet, man. Fair. That's pretty dark. Yeah. But, um, you know, empty bottles, kid. Hey, I mean, with all those bottles, five cents a piece, I mean, you could get some good uh, good uh, moolah back. That, that adds up quick, dude. Back, back in 85, that was, that was, that was like your life yeah. savings. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that there was a hand as well holding onto the bat. It's got the the fucking claw marks in it, the teeth marks in it from fucking tussling with the werewolf. Here he is. What you got there, lady? McGill. You got some wood? Oh, when she sees the eye patch, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The deceit. The real deceit. You shouldn't have said here, like my favorite line, assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. Don't think it's <laughs> you know. Well, now, 
now now Edward Everett McGill like he does like this really interesting thing in this movie like now where he like becomes the villain you know yeah. like he's more reluctant he's less reluctant to indulge that at the beginning like he had the dream yeah. sequence he's like please god let it end blah 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 that's like now 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 he's now he's kind of you know he's becoming the bad guy he's been hurt yeah he's probably afraid his cover is gonna get blown because he's probably nervous and scared as shit he's like I don't want anyone questioning this. He's like, only one person knows what the hell happened. So he's probably has, I would imagine, some anxieties and nervousness about, like, I, I don't want anyone scene. to find me out or I am going to have to kill them. I think that, that's what that scene with all of them turning the werewolves is, is anxiety. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Going. Hmm. I wonder who the werewolf could be. Let's see. I put <coughs> a rocket in its eye, and the priest now walks around as a cyclops. Hmm. I wonder who the werewolf is now. How could this have happened? Ralph the Butcher. Yes. What a what a strange coincidence. <laughs> I heard Ralph the Butcher put a rocket in the Reverend's eye. Oh, come it on, was me. Well, the Reverend was looking through a, a hole he shouldn't have, and he got something long shot <laughs> stacked. <laughs> Woo! You know, I would probably admit I was a werewolf that took a rocket in the eye before I admitted to a glory hole accident. So, you know. Hawk, <laughs> you're a sick fuck, and you're lucky that I like you. <laughs> Um, I, I I was just looking for sinners. I didn't know what that hole was for. <laughs> I like I like how they tell him he should kill himself. If I remember correctly, like isn't the end the end of the letter like you should just kill yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. The um the poor guy, dude. The poor guy. What what harshness? He's we know who you are. We know what you are. Why don't you just kill yourself? I no. mean, maybe there maybe there is fun? a romance with him and the butcher. That's horrifying. This is back. This is back in a different time. And then Uncle Reg, he is too, and that's why he drinks so much. He can't be himself. <laughs> like, I could have been a butcher too. Really Maybe to. that's why Uncle Reg's had three divorces. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but, you know. I, I mean, I mean, the thing with the butcher, you can at least say that he knows how to handle his meat. <laughs> now, Uncle, now, now, Uncle Red's upset at the kid. The kid gave the Reverend the rocket. Uncle Red didn't give it to him, so now he's upset with the kid. He's jealous. Um, this is what he hits him. This is what he punches him in the face. Blasts <laughs> all his teeth out. But I told now, you just... not to talk to me after three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to talk to me unless I'm nicely buzzed. <laughs> It just pulls him out of the chair, gives him a backbreaker. <laughs> this girl, if I, if Uncle Red was as bad as he is, that poor girl would have no chance. He'd be all over her like flies on shit, dude. You know what I mean? That's all. That's the vibe I'm getting. So I'm, I'm. He's he's a good he's a good Uncle Red. He's nice. He could be a lot worse. He's he could gag it or else I'm gonna smack the shit out of you. He could. He could be like Uncle Touchy or something. Ugh. Uncle Touchy Feely. Drink it, drinking and driving with the kids in the car. Fucking, it's 85. Everybody drank and drove. Thinking about how we're going to kill this reverend. I like, you know, there's a good setup here. He looks drunk. I just, I, I, I honestly can't remember a time before 1989 
where my dad did not have a beer in the car. So, yeah. you know, it's 85, different time. This is the, uh, the, the, cool un- the cool uncle that at that age drives you there and says, I'm not going to go in there with you, but here's the gun. I'll, I'll wait for you. But I think it's a, I don't think it's a good idea, but here's I'll, the I'll be the getaway driver. Yeah. I'm not happy. He's like, he's like, I'm going to buy you a six pack, but I'm going to drink three. So it's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the eighties then. So we all had one relative that told the state to go fuck themselves with this, never taking the cigarette out of their mouth. He would say, <laughs> He would be like, I have when the six packs done, I'm I'm pulling away, so you might want to buy a thirty rack for me. <laughs> or you're gonna be fucked. And they're gonna and when the cops come, I'm gonna tell them it was you, so you gotta give me some money and some and some booze and some money now. He's fucking bribing. Bribing and buy me five two dollar scratch tickets. No nope, nobody in town sees a problem with the kid driving up a, a wheelchair more souped up than any car in the whole town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, come on! Most it's of these fine. adults are like on crack cocaine. Now. In real life, in real life, some king hillbilly would have gutted that kid and took all that shit to parts. <laughs> you would have been finished. <laughs> you been found my moonshine distillery. No one could know. You I had, had, had to Walsh. kill him. I don't want to kill a kid, but I had to kill a kid. <laughs> the Adam Walsh story. That's what this would have turned into. Boom. Then I gave him some cousins for Leatherface. Gas is so expensive, that's in a garage now. A kid came and fucking use it. That sucks. <laughs> Very sad. A real wheelchair, I, I don't even know if that's possible. What the, what the uncle created in the fucking garage. No. That's what, it reminds me of when they, the Ghostbusters, where they're like, we have an atomic bomb on our back. It's like the same <laughs> thing in this kid driving around. With oh, 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 like uh, you go, go with uh, Iron Man. Tony Stark made this in a cave with a bunch of scraps. Yeah. I mean, heck, <laughs> if he can do it, so can Uncle Red. Right? The wrong wires touch, that thing just fucking turns into a fireball, dude. Wow. <laughs> Boom. Forget about it. Yeah, no, I I don't. I don't think Uncle Red's actually handy enough to make this thing. I really don't. Okay, I'm sorry, but you gotta be like a certain kind of evil to literally try to run a kid in a wheelchair. Uh, hmm? (laughs) Gotta be a werewolf. That's evil, kid. That's a certain. Oh no, witnesses, Hawk! Don't you get that? By any means necessary. Now, when he any when, means necessary. When he hit that, uh, when he hit that reel, the first thing he thought is, "I hope I'm not paralyzed." Then he goes, yeah, <laughs> I, "I'm good. Don't worry." Yeah, yeah. That thing is outrunning that car. Very safe. Yeah, I gotta say, this is by far one of I think the the coolest car chases. This should be like Goonie. <laughs> it's not even a car chase. Yes, it, it, it's a car and a wheelchair chase, which I have to say, I don't think has ever been done before. That's what oh. makes it unique. Oh. Absolutely. That's the first. Way, that's for sure. Yeah. That's the first. In real life, the, the wheelchair wouldn't have won. That's no. Sure. Yeah. See, 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 that's the whole point of why Red souped up the wheelchair just for the scene. See, the director was like, man, how cool would it be to have a car chasing a wheelchair and, you know, have this cool chase scene? But, you know, you can't do it because wheelchair isn't that fast. Just put a rocket on it. And you're being chased by a one-eyed monster in a Dodge. 
He yells back, welcome to my world. Because the guy can't move. He's stuck in the sand. You know what I mean? Very stuck sad. But now he may he go to the... What is this? Uh, it's a cover bridge. Yeah, it's like it's a sleepy, sleepy hollow covered bridge, out of service covered bridge. Because that's how it goes. He go, he went through all that and he gets stopped by like a three inch piece of wood. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's, Sweet that's, life. that's cruel irony, is what that's that life. is. That's how it happens. What would you guys do in this situation? Would you try and hightail it and fall into the water or whatever below? And you just let this dude approach and do whatever in the darkness. This thing, it ain't going to go good. Like, realistically, this is going to be, you know, horrifying. They'd probably never find the body in there. You could just gut him out right there, leave him there, or dump him in the water, and no one would ever know what happened. I think I'd try and fucking go overboard into the water or something. Yeah. Well, I think that's what he says he's going to do to him. Is like, you're going to have an accident, Marty. You're going to yeah. fall in the water. Um, I, I, don't, I honestly don't know what I would do because it's kind of hard to relate to not being able to walk. You're going to so, have an overdose of... Oh, pills, yeah. Marty. They cut that line out of the film. What did he say? You're going to overdose on You're going to have an overdose of prescription pills, Marty. But oh, they cut no. the, yeah, ain't that sad? They cut <laughs> it out though. Ah, it was horrifying. It was ahead of its yeah. time. Oh, he really wants to kill him back. The way he's putting his hands together right there. We're gonna oh, so heat he pleasure you. Going to choke the chicken. Yeah. He's fucking. I don't know. If I saw like he was human, then I'd probably stay in chat. But if I saw that he was like a werewolf, I'd definitely like jump over and try well, to swim away. You got the eye patch deal, so you're thinking you get you're leading more towards the werewolf, you know? Yeah, like he can turn at any time. Well, that's what I like about the shadow effect, you know, of him walking in and out of the light. It's yeah, like, no. Is, is he going to be changing at some point? You just it's see it's, it's effective in that regard. It like yeah. maintains the tension because you're like, is he turning into a werewolf or is he just pissed? Like I can't yeah. tell. Yeah. What was the time period on them like turning again? Was it every full moon or is no? It, like, he he. It's a constant cycle. So like the closer to the full moon he is, the more the werewolf he is. But he turns a little bit every night. Okay, so like a little more hairy. Oh, I got another thing. R R. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh oh. Uh, if this was real, Uncle Red would destroy that with a sledgehammer in front of him, that whole wheelchair thing, and say, you fucked up. <laughs> I can't give you good things. <laughs> the consequences of your actions. I need uh, to go I mean, to the cool wheelchair. And you tried to be Vin Diesel in the next Fast and Furious movie, man. Oh, <laughs> I don't like that. He's trying to be Paul Walker. Ooh. Throw that up. Oh, he, almost, he almost ended up like Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Uncle Red's very sad that the only thing he ever finished in his life right here was his motorcycle wheelchair. Now he has to fill <laughs> it. He goes, this is awesome. Oh, I thought the only Don't thing he finished it. was the six pack. He was looking at that gas tank thing. Can I make this into a flask? He was holding a bunch of beers. <laughs> Can I put this in a big backpack and carry it around? <laughs> like I could do anything. I'm Uncle Red, goddammit. <laughs> I want to make some prison moonshine. 
I got all cleaned up. Got all cleaned up to go see the sheriff. Ty goes. He's like, right, hey, I know shit, you. I feel so like cool. I got lost. A sport coat has some fantastic elbow pads. See this back to back with Commando would have been awesome. Boom. Got it done. Put his cigar in his mouth. Job well done. Gonna have this handled. <laughs> he got the law involved, so everything will be better now. Yep. Like always. Like always. Like, like every time you call the cops. It always works out great. Unfortunately, since the sheriff is Terry O'Quinn, you know, uh, I have a, a, a fear that everyone's going to end up lost. Hey. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm with you. Oh. Uh, uh. He's going to have a horrifying death, too. You know, the... the yeah. Yeah. The kid, you know, to, to for even a parent could watch this and be like, oh, creeped out of uh, having to deal with this. Yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna get the baseball bat again. Yeah, but, like Pet Cemetery when the sun gets like ran over. Mm. It's tough. Maybe, um, no. maybe Uncle Red was related to Gage, <laughs> but I don't think so. They were related to the Creeds. They're not connected. Yeah, I don't think they're connected. No, they're connected has, now. Has Stephen King ever connected families in any of his books? Does anybody know? Oh yeah. Like not like from other from different books, not just. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All of his yeah. books, are, all of his books are connected in one way. Or fa- fa- like family wise, though, like following family, a certain family. Oh yeah, oh, oh really? yeah. They're like distant cousins or stuff, they'll make vague okay. references. Yeah, I like. We're on to something. The universe, man, it all intertwined. <laughs> you smoking a joint, walking around. Well, this church. is this is before Stephen King revealed that the universes were all intertwined. Yeah, but. That is what, it, but it, that doesn't mean that he didn't already have it all planned out. I know they mm. talk of like, uh, like don't they talk about Pennywise in another one of the books? That's yes, not sir. it. I think yeah. he pops up a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, he, they don't reference him as Pennywise. They don't say Pennywise. They'll say Bob or like Bob Gray, hmm. which is actually Pennywise's uh, name. Interesting. Oh, wow. Um. But yeah, no, Pennywise pops up a lot. Jerusalem's Lot pops up a lot. Um, Shawshank, Reden- uh, Shawshank Prison is, is brought up a few times. Shawshank know. Prison is, is yeah. brought up quite a few times. Um, Mr. Barlow should have served time in Shawshank. Mr. Barlow would have ate Shawshank. He would have. He would have. <laughs> I would have watched that. Morgan Freeman could narrate the whole thing, and I still would have watched. <laughs> Oof, they'll make it soon. Well, we already got a Salem's Lot remake coming out this year. Uh-oh. Jeez, they're remaking everything. Yes. It's good for us. We'll be never-ending. Yeah. When they stop making Stephen King movies, we have an expiration date. <laughs> He's not well, wrong. I mean, Stephen King is still pumping out movie. I mean, uh, our books, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... I mean, until yeah, these stops like remakes right. alone, reboots alone, they'll never stop making them. Yeah, but he he doesn't really dip into horror anymore. As weird as that is to sound to say, he's been doing a lot of true. He's been doing a lot of crime novels and uh, noir work. Um, weird sci-fi shit, but like horror, horror. 
It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute for for a straight up horror book from, I mean, from Mr. K. More horror stuff, isn't it? Joe Hill's fucking amazing. Joe yeah. Hill Joe Hill's killing it. He does he, he writes a ton of horror and it's all really good. And he has this Hill House um brand over at DC for horror comics. Yeah. Which are fantastic. When he gets whacked on the head, that was always a great kill shot. Yeah, man. A lot of yeah. telling you. That baseball bat, that baseball bat beat down is even more brutal than the other baseball bat beat down. And then the way they backlight it, you can see almost like gore kind of laying over his head like he really busted him open. Yeah. Very clever. Very clever, dumb. This I'm is where he's like. my lucky necklace, Uncle Red. And you're going to make a silver bullet. We're going to take my crucifix and do the same thing. <laughs> We'll make, and then we got the title of the movie. (laughs) We're gonna give these to a guy who makes bullets, and then we're gonna get the title of the movie. I love that. (laughs) Definitely sounds like the lunatic ramblings of a drunk. I think I think that scene that's coming up with with the with the uh, gunsmith, that line at the end is fucking so ominous and perfect. When he's like, oh, it's just, when Red's like, oh, it's just a gag, you know, making a silver bullet. What what will we shoot with a silver bullet anyway? And the guy just looks him dead in the face. He's like, how about a werewolf? <laughs> he's like, just like that, that, that mood, like, like, oh, homeboy's seen this shit before. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay. He's <laughs> got that lost. It ain't the first time we heard about them werewolves in this box. Like the grandfather in Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah, dude. One thing I can't stand about living in Santa Clarita. One thing is about Santa living in Santa Clara and never could stomach all the damn it's vampires. <laughs> Fucking just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant dialogue. And brilliant delivery. And Bernard Hughes was a great yeah. actor as well. Yeah. He was in one of my favorite full moon movies, uh, Sea People, is the Doc character. You know, Don Coscarelli of Phantasm fame was originally supposed to direct this. But really? Yeah, creative differences with Dino. Um, I believe that, though. Dino can be a difficult one to... Very, yeah, very, very, yes. I, I would I would say not could be very difficult to work no, with. He is. Notoriously he is. difficult well, to work yeah, with. I mean, oh my God, like... <laughs> Bruce and Sam, they had such a difficult time on Army of Darkness. Remember? No, no, no. The, the, the uh, Evil Dead. Was, De, De Laurentiis did what? The first one? No, De Laurentiis just did Army of Darkness. It was uh, Army of Darkness, yeah. But he, he was a pain in the ass on that production, from what I heard, especially with casting of Embeth Davis, because Dino's like, you know, Italian, he loves busty blonde women, you know, and he's like, you know, I want it this way. It's very specific, and it's it, to appease Dino is almost like a pissing contest sometimes from what I heard, you know, back then from, you know, other vignettes, from other bonus features. Mm-hmm. You know, King Kong, he was difficult, you know, in certain situations, but That's producers, true. you know, he was one of the best. I mean, he, he was definitely a a megalomaniac, but there's nothing wrong with that because that's, you know, how certain filmmakers were back then. 
and they would make up these amazing grand things. And Dino was cut from that cloth very much so. Word up. There it is. There's the moment. Talk a werewolf with the bullet. Look at that hat. Mm-hmm. My God, dude. The farmer wearing that farmer hat. Yeah, I, I'm just just the delivery, man. It's so <clears throat> like like just gnarly. It's just so, so good. He has an arsenal. Yeah. If that if that dude has like werewolf killing supplies somewhere, <laughs> he does. He fucking does. It's like his personal stash. He's got like 19 different calibers of bullet just waiting. Yes, they're all silver though. All silver. That's where all the uh, fine silverware went to, making bullets. That's true. <laughs> I'll eat with a spork if I know I'm werewolf proof. Speaking of Don, Maddie. Oh, very nice, very nice. Fancy. Is that the bus that came with the box set? No, actually, what came with the box set was... Just the ball? Just the yeah. ball. And I was so misled on this. 150 bucks. Ouch. It, they made it seem like it was at least double the scale. Mm. Uh-uh. This right it's, still, is, it's still cool. I'll give it that. It's still cool. about, The way Gary Busey is acting right now is the way he'd be acting if he was going to be doing something, anything bad that he shouldn't be doing with those kids. <laughs> he really the way, does. The way he's faking it to the mother about, hey, everything's going to be okay, you know? So, uh, werewolf killing just as the... Uh, just today's adventure type deal. <laughs> Tomorrow it's smoking crack. Yeah, he uh, he was allowed to ad lib a lot of his dialogue in this too, which I think is why he's so why he works. If he was he playing a straight, yeah, if he was playing like a straight uncle character, I don't think it would have worked as well. I knew for damn well that no writer ever came up with holy jumping Jesus Palomino. It was him. <laughs> <laughs> Heroic, truly heroic. Everybody's passed out drunk. <laughs> Story of his life. At least the girl's got clothes on. That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> he, he passed out before he could do anything. Yeah. Never should have hit him with the scotch. That's he, what happened. He's a sexual werewolf. He has to <laughs> get pass out before he does anything bad. Oh. You know, in the whole, so far on the show, when we talk about the best scared faces, we have like um, the dude in Creep Show who goes, and Leslie Nielsen has has a great face too. Barry, I believe, has a fantastic face when he sees the werewolf, where he goes, oh yeah, he has his own little, which is great. He kind of does like a little jump back too. Like, it's realistic. Yeah, it's very realistic. Look at him, he's gangster. They should have ended this with him, like, fucking hand-to-hand combat, Gary just killing the werewolf. Ooh, ooh, you know what would have been awesome is, you know, his character Joshua from, like, Lethal Weapon, have him take on the werewolf. Yeah! Like, the Martin Riggs-Joshua fight scene. That would have been epic. It's coming. I I think if they took a scene from Buddy Holly... And the whole intimidation factory leading up to it. Are you burning your arm? <laughs> yeah, taxi driver over them? 
Yeah, just like when he did that in the movie. Yeah. I'm with all this, but he's got to wear his thermal suit from Predator Two. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Look at that drunken with the gun in the kid's face like that. Why not? Hey. That's hey, how you party. More you know, there was, there was originally two Corey Hames on this film, but the first Corey Haim was shot by Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> Got a twin brother. Well, well, there's no werewolf, so who's up for Russian roulette? Like, uh... <laughs> Hey, who wants to... Uh... Let's get Feldman and put him in a wig. <laughs> Feldman. Who's going to make that call? Ugh. We're going to draw straws, because no one wants to make that call. He's going to get angry. I wonder if he'll wave the gun at the kids, not even thinking about it. That is aimed <laughs> at both of those kids right now. Bang! Just Whatever. Yeah. Hey, just as long as it's not Alec Baldwin, we should be okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's too soon. What? 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 Was it too soon? It's never too soon. Never. Oh, lights went out. out. I'll kill Watch you. Watch out now. Dun, dun, dun. The lights are out. Ooh. I'll light up the situation for you, Busey. That's what happens. Give <laughs> you propane, Bill. Propane, propane accessory. You Gary, don't he's still insisting there's no werewolf. He's still he's still convinced there's no werewolf right now. He's like Even though the power went out, like on cue. Imagine how bad if if this was a teenager doing this. Imagine how bad he'd beat that teenager outside the house from scaring him <laughs> like this. He'd probably kill him. Probably beat him to death. You made. Drunkle scared. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh shit! I think you get another one out of him too. Oh, they experienced the horrors of a giant Pomeranian. That's <laughs> oh. You see that doesn't look like much being thrown against the wall like that, but very uh, that would fuck you up. Hell yeah, man! That's gonna hurt like. Neck to ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> dang. Oh, oh, they're going oh. at it. Oh, All the broken. Up again. All the broken. Uh, Don't worry. Uh, that wasn't. He got. He got back up. What's he got? A fire poker. They should have kept showing scenes of the bear on the table, and then when he the, the, the <laughs> werewolf tips over the bear, and then Gary Busey fucking bites his head off. <laughs> Gary Busey opens up his mouth like a werewolf and like fucking <laughs> kills the werewolf. Hey, hey, I would bear. not be surprised. I would not be surprised if Gary, Busey, if Gary Busey has silver caps in his teeth, so when he bites a werewolf, <laughs> it does some real damage. Yo! Like, Let's utilize this. Like all the chompers, I'm going to show you why. <laughs> Hit him in the other eye. How how about how's that? Like the, how poetic is that? That's very poetic. That he gave that he took out both of his eyeballs. Gangster. Now I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder because we don't. They never touch on it in the werewolf movies. But like, because everybody already already goes for the silver bullet. But like, wouldn't you imagine like a regular bullet going through that thing's eye socket and blowing its brain out the other side would kill it? You would think. You would think, like, a regular old bullet would take care of it, too, right? Apparently not, but you would think, theoretically. Now, now, assuming assuming that werewolves are older than firearms, what did they do before guns came along? (laughs) Was it a silver sword? Silver spears. (laughs) Like, anybody want to get that close to a werewolf? Because I don't. 
No, they didn't would, want to, but they had to probably. Silver Spears. Like yeah. I would I would be like, okay, so Mr. Gunsmith, what I would like is several ra- silver rounds for a Barrett 50 cal anti-tank rifle. <laughs> I'm going to be up here. The werewolf's going to be all the way the fuck down there. And I want to make sure that this thing doesn't just die. It explodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I want him to die from silver poisoning, man. And then, like, the thing in all werewolf movies, it's like, how do you explain, when they turn back into human, it's like, how do you explain these random dead people in your house? Oh, dude, they're up on murder charges. Easy. Easy. Totally. Yeah. Uncle Red, dude, is definitely fucked. They're pleading sanity. It wasn't me. That's why you don't see Uncle Red. He's gone. He's like, I'm out of (laughs) here. He leaves the dead body in front of the kids. Hey, 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 I'm going to control those kids. I'm getting out of here. I mean, I, I left to get some beer. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> they would have got him. Well, he was the act. He pulled the trigger, and uh, they would have. He would have got God for that. Fuck. Wow. Well, that was silver bullet, y'all. What'd you guys think? What'd you guys think? I still love it. Yeah. Every second of it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's a I fun agree. time. It definitely is. You can't beat Silver Bullet, man. Yeah. I feel like I was shot through the heart. Oh. With a Silver oh, Bullet. Yeah, no, this this is this is one of the, especially from the 80s, this is one of the best. One of Hits the me, best. like, emotionally, too. Yeah, yeah no. It's, like, all in different ways. It's It's got, it really does have it all going on. It, it's, mm-hmm. got the, it's got the horror, it's got the heart. It's uh, undeniably king in in all ways. Also, if you've never done a wheelchair race, you really should. I used to do it with my father. It was fucking awesome. Wheelchair yeah. race, huh? Yeah. Did either of you have the bullet? <laughs> we both did, man. <laughs> you did? No, not really. Because <laughs> that's the kind of wheelchair race I'm down for. Like, I want to do 75 miles an hour on a dirt road with no seatbelt. Like, that's that's yeah. where I'm at. Corey Haim is one of his crowning achievements, of course. Um, very sad that he passed away. You know very sad. It's slightly pre-Lost Boys, which is, like, peak Corey Haim, in my opinion. This yeah. is also pre-Gary Busey as the ginger dead man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's what happens when you turn into Uncle Red. You have to do the ginger dead man. <laughs> That's the way the fucking cookie crumbles. That's the way the them, them's crumbles. the rules, man. Yeah. We don't make the rules. They just we just have to follow them. Yeah. So uh, we all agree that this is one of the better films of the stable of the Stephen King films. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's fun. It's a fun ride. There's no denying that. I mean, it's definitely a fun movie. At least in the early stuff. Yeah. I I, th- I think uh, as we get into the '90s and the 2000s, there's there's some better there's some better examples of like Pete King, but this this is definitely like of the early stuff, like when right when he was just about becoming a brand name all on his own, yeah. which is like the kind of the era we're in. Yeah, this is definitely some of the better stuff. It's one of my favorites. It's, it's a fantastic movie. You know, they didn't market this film correctly. They they think that that's why it kind of didn't do as good, which is believable. I could see that. It never really had a great poster. 
you know, even the even the even DVD later life didn't really never had good artwork or anything like that. It's interesting that they didn't really. I don't know why they didn't market it right. It's interesting because it is it is a good film. I feel the same way about this movie as Night Flyer. Just you know, the marketing just wasn't really. I could agree with that. Fully backing it, um, there were good films, but you know, or even like The Howling. You know, I mean, look, that looked more like a slasher than a werewolf movie. But they were smart about that one. But you know, it's the marketing of these films will just you know make or break you, and that's what's a real unfortunate thing because you can make a really good movie, and if you can't convey what you're trying to get across, then you're fucked. Sorry to interject there, Maddie. I know you were trying to. Get a fun fact, a movie fact in there. I got my fun fact in, Bill. Now I can die happy guy. <laughs> now I can go eat a silver bullet and die a happy man. Now, all's well. So that was a good episode. That was a lot of fun. Uh, next up, Maximum Overdrive. Finally. Woo! It's all been built into this. I know, Bill. The, the movie that was directed by nothing but Plain cocaine. Just ninety nine point nine nine percent pure cocaine. Cocaine. We're talking about cocaine that would scare Scarface. Yeah, no, we're talking yeah. about stuff that would like kill Andre the Giant. Like yeah. again, like <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, like this movie's bonkers. Gonzo, nuts. I can't wait. The cocaine Bill Coyne gave to Corey Haim to put him under. <laughs> oh. No. It was prescription pills. Okay. And with that being said, rest in peace, Corey Haim. Bill Coyne's got a clean conscience because you got your high before you die, and that's all that matters. We'll yeah. catch everybody on the next episode of The Dead Kids of Derry. All the dead kids. I'm, I'm Vicky Burroughs. I'm Nancy Walker. We're all the dead kids.